Raise your hand if you like saving a few bucks. If you do love saving money, join me, Susan Hogan, on News 4 at 5. Our NBC4 Response Unit is protecting you from scams, rip-offs, and dangerous products. We've already recovered more than a million dollars. Jim Hanley here. Susan's got your wallet covered. Wendy Rieger and I will get you up to speed. Staying on top of constantly changing headlines and what they mean for you. And Storm Team Force always keeping you ahead of weather changes. Join me, Doug Kammerer, and the rest of us on News 4 at 5, working for you. podcast about Japanese wrestling. Good morning, afternoon, evening, where you are. Thank you for downloading and listening to this little uh, DIY podcast. I got the mic pulled up. I got some Twitter pulled up. And I got some schedules pulled up for the upcoming New Japan Destruction shows, uh, which take place over the next few weeks uh, before they head over to uh, Southern California again, where we'll have a special event called Fighting Spirit Unleashed. Super excited about that. Uh, Personally, I'm in the middle of taking psychology classes, sociology, geography, really fun stuff right now. So I can't help but think about wrestling when I have these psychology lectures and think about how it plays into what I enjoy the most. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, just, just preliminary information that I, I think kind of translates to pro wrestling. Also, I want to go over the new Japan destruction shows and uh, predict uh, a couple of the big matches on the tour uh, but first, we will do a quick hashtag markout mentions to a couple of folks uh, today. So first off, I want to give a markout mention shout out to Harry over in the UK at Haza Chelsea FC. Um, although I don't support Chelsea, I do support uh, my buddy Harry. So give him a follow at Haza Chelsea FC. Uh, also want to give a huge mark out mention shout out to at pulp culture pop culture rad he has a new podcasting venture called outside connecticut which you can find on the youtube machine he's already booked himself a guest or two uh he's got some really good insight about the entire world of pro wrestling so good stuff to come uh, give a markout mention to the David Finley. Uh, he actually replied, and uh, hopefully, um, based on his busy schedule, I'm hoping to uh, chat with him over the next few weeks. Uh, not for sure yet, but hopefully I can talk to him about his new gear, his new leather jacket, um, his Twitter game, and uh, being the amazing C-Block champion, and, and if he's going to defend it next year 
So those are some markout mentions. Um, get in touch with us at Wilfred Watches on Twitter or at NJPWS. Uh, friends of mine at Hanamichi Cast have gotten out uh, in touch with me and gave me a shout out on their pod. Um, they are two episodes in now. Kind of a primer to um, Japanese wrestling. So if you're not really sure about uh, the history or why you should watch it, um, especially in the last episode about Pro Wrestling Noah, give it a listen. Um, it's very informative and very fun conversation between two great people, uh, Rick and Amanda. So let's take a look at, first of all, the Destruction Shows. We're going to have a six-man tag team championship battle between Taiji, Bone Soldier, Tangaloa, and Tamatonga. These titles are irrelevant to me. After, after I hear about who wins, I, I typically forget about them the next day. But this firing squad um, Bone Soldier duo, team, trio, whatever will be defending against Taguchi, Juice Robinson, and the David Finley, C-Block champion. So, obviously, these are all really awesome guys that I, I do kind of... I care a little bit about this match now that I see Juice, David Finley, and Taguchi in it. Um, I don't think they'll drop... I don't think um, Firing Squad will, will lose the titles. I think they'll carry that for a little while. Um, but hopefully it'll be an entertaining match, um, so I'm looking forward to that. This show at uh, Hiroshima, Hiroshima will be September 15th on a Saturday. Let's see, another big match on that card is possibly the biggest match of this month. I mean, there's this is uh, usually a September where we have some mid-card titles on the line, uh, but we're getting something really special this year. We're getting Tomohiro Ishii taking on Kenny Omega for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. I think this will be a solid match. I think these two will absolutely go balls to the wall. And it's going to be nothing short of a classic. But I do believe Kenny hangs on. Kenny Omega will carry that title um, into another title defense, probably at a power struggle um, before he sets up a Tokyo Dome um main event match against Tanahashi or you know maybe they throw a curveball and you know we don't know what's going to happen with that briefcase but I see him at this point heading into the Tokyo Dome with the title and if he sticks around if you listen to a previous episode of my um, Wrestle Kingdom preview if he does stick around um, I'm sorry my MSG preview uh, if he does stick around, I, I do hope that he does something that really turns the world on its head and and he goes against Coda. I, I, I'm begging for that to happen. So we'll see what happens. So the next uh, Destruction show is just two days later in Beppu on a Monday. Some good undercard matches. We see Killer Elite Squad back, the uh, best friends of Chucky e. T and Beretta back in japan but um more importantly for that evening at least is the never open weight championship hiroki goto takes on tai chi now there is this cult following for tai chi and i do really want the title to switch i love goto but 
I think Koto fighting for chasing an intercontinental title would be a really, really earned and, and exciting time. I think, um, so I think Taichi will take the victory. I think he will take the title. And we might, uh, you know, later down the road, possibly see a Kushida mix in. Um, I kind of hope not, but I think that's definitely a possibility. Um, seeing Kushida mix in, seeing uh, Michael Elgin back in the picture for the never title weight, uh, never open weight title. So I have Tai Chi picking this one up. Now the main event is a sixty minute lim- uh, time limit singles match between Suzuki and Tetsuya Naito. Um, it's almost a given that we see some sort of video package or something from Chris Jericho at this point. It, it seems as if that's the way we're going to head to. I don't know if it's this soon, but uh, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be too surprised if we see a Jericho um, either alliance with Suzuki, maybe a temporary alliance, or just a video package afterwards um, challenging Naito. Um, and maybe at that point, Naito says, first you have to beat my, you know, my brother, um, Evil. And maybe that's where we go, where we can get the title at least defended. Um, next, we go to possibly the, the headlining, the star event, which is Destruction in Kobe. On Sunday the 23rd, we've got um, some good tag matches on the undercard. Killer Elite Squad, best friends again. So I think those two teams will be in the World Tag League. If you listen to the Lance Archer interview, it does seem that uh, uh, we'll see Killer Elite Squad back in the World Tag League. I think it's going to be interesting with uh, Suzuki Goon and uh, you know Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. Those are definitely my picks personally to win the World Tag League. So we'll see how that works out. So. More importantly, the co-main event is going to be Kushida taking on Bushi in a tournament semifinal to determine the junior IWGP heavyweight champion. Uh, This is, of course, because Hiromu, our faithful hero, is uh, injured badly with a neck injury. So we need a junior champion, and I, I do see Kushida winning this, taking on Will Ospreay eventually. Um, so, uh, you know, Bushi is a great idea. I love Bushi. He's got my favorite masks uh, masks in all of pro wrestling. But Kushida's going to win it. I, I want to see him back in the ring. I want to see him back contending. And this is the opportunity for, uh, for that to happen. Main event of that evening is Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Okada. Now, my hopes got up for a briefcase change during All In when Okada came out to the Rainmaker Bucks, the Okada Bucks, falling from the arena. So I completely popped for that, Um, seeing the Rainmaker actually making it rain again. Um, also, he tweeted out a couple times it's raining in Chicago, and then he landed back in Japan saying it's still raining. So I think that's very interesting. I think maybe he's going to start to find his groove again, and Gato's path is is not working anymore. So um, maybe he's going to reclaim that mojo that he's missing. Please forgive me for using the word mojo. Okay. 
But I don't think it's going to be enough. I think Tanahashi will win. I, 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 I don't see why you do an entire run where he dominates a G1 Climax and you switch the briefcase. Yes, it's never happened before. Sure. But I don't think that it's the best... Uh, you know, I don't think it's the best plan right now to be switching things with just three months or three and a half, four months to to the Tokyo Dome. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I think we do see a little bit of a Jay White, you know, appearance. Maybe he comes down the ramp for a second and then comes back. Maybe his music plays. Um, maybe Gato comes out and just he wants to cheer on Okada, but maybe he is he's forced to go back to the back because he doesn't know if he should sit there if he should stay or should he watch from the, you know his, his 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 motivation might be to support Okada but maybe in that he distracts Okada so I see something like that possibly playing out um, I see Tanahashi ultimately winning somehow it's not going to be a dirty finish I think but I it could be a little bit of a distraction why are you out here Gato, why are you out at my ringside right now? We parted ways, and I think it could be some some another layer in the whole J Chaos Okada Jos you know storyline. So, lastly, we'll take a look at what we have so far for the Fighting Spirit Unleashed card, which is Sunday, September thirtieth, at uh, the Long Beach Walter Pyramid. U.S. titles on the line: Juice Robinson. And Cody Rhodes. Well, looking at this um, a month ago, I would have said Juice easily. But the way Cody came out at the G1 Climax Finals, um, holding the title, I, I think in that time, in that month, behind the scenes, my speculation is that Cody might have... Maybe he's signed on for longer term. Maybe he's convinced, um, you know, New Japan that he's gonna, you know, still be able to stick around and do a couple of shows. And uh, I got a feeling he's not going back to WWE anymore. I had that feeling all year, and uh, I'm starting to backtrack on it. I think he is gonna stay away, especially after the success from All In. I don't see Cody going back to WWE now. Um, I kind of had that concept i kind of thought kenny i think everybody would jump ship and now it's starting to look a little different um so regardless i think cody with the nwa title will be interesting to see on uh, in a new japan ring but i don't think he'll win the u.s title but i am starting to sway a little bit yeah it's gonna be weird having two both titles but you know I feel a little weird about it. I, I, I want Juice to win. I want him to hang on to that title for a while. I want him to hang on to that title until MSG, where he can take on Chris Jericho. That's really a match that I would absolutely love to see. U.S. title up for grabs. Jericho gets another chance at it. Two of the hottest guys in the world. Um, that's where I want to see that. So I say Juice takes the victory, and he holds on to that title for a little while longer. Now, to the tag team match, Young Bucks and uh, G.O.D. I could see G.O.D. getting the titles in this, actually. Um, 
having kind of a, you know wild run to the Tokyo Dome where they kind of squash a lot of t- competition and then await the World Tag League winners, which I hopefully um, have guessed correctly that it'll be Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. So I see G.O.D. actually picking up the titles here, the crowd being hot, and uh, I think it's going to be an interesting run, even though Tama is a total, you know, insert your own word there. Um, we'll see Osprey taking on Marty Skrull in the other junior heavyweight uh, co-main event tournament semifinal. I'll see Osprey winning that one, taking on Kushida down the road where Kushida eventually... I want Kushida to win, but I think Osprey might ultimately win the title again. And hopefully we'll see a Neville down the road. Osprey versus Neville. Pack, whatever you want to call him. Holy cow. All right, so that's enough of the predictions. We'll quickly get into psychology and WWE and in, in, in primarily. So we're going over the fun stuff in psychology class, which is um, Sigmund Freud. When you hear that, if you have any education beyond you know high school, you'll know that he was a bit of a pervert. He thought that, uh, for the most part, we try to find women to wed who are like our mothers. Or if you're a female listening, we look for men who are like our fathers. I think, personally, there are some characteristics that we do kind of go towards and we do want in our significant other. Um, Obviously, Freud was open-minded for this but he wasn't open-minded towards homosexuality um so that uh sticks a wrench in all of his mindsets i think but regardless i do think there's some psychologically psychological um truths to to having uh you know characteristics in that but anyways he was kind of weird regardless i think most people can agree that he was kind of out there Um, a little too out there at times, but I think some things were interesting. Something that I heard in lecture was in regards to his, um, Freud's psychosexual phases, which just on the surface, there's essentially five stages that he had written and learned about that we go through an oral phage, which is feeding, where you know we, we essentially start to feed and we ask for food and we need it now. Um, anal stage, which is essentially um, potty training, where we get to start to get control of our body and we start to learn how to use functions of our um, body. And then between three and six years old, we come through a phallic stage. That's essentially uh, where you learn about your body parts and you learn that you're different than other people um, and you like to share that information thinking about that and I think about wrestling a lot so I, I I was thinking about how we this also goes with identification we 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 identify at a very young age that we want to be like father we want to be like mother um, if you're female these are Freud's theories, so forgive me, but I do think there's a little truth in it. And I think about identification 
in a locker room setting in a WWE locker room, my perception from outside as a fan is it's a closed locker room. WWE, it's, it's closed. It's, it's quiet. It's not a locker room where you would see on a more independent scene, much like uh, portrayed in the movie The Wrestler. Um, where these guys are just sitting together. The concept of a locker room in the WWE, to me, just my perception, is that it's very closed. Everybody has their own little room. Everyone has their own space. Um, they're on their own. They have their own bubbles. And when you think about an independent pro wrestling event, you see, uh, you know, just through my time watching Powerbomb TV or indie events on TV or online, you see such a more open atmosphere and environment between the wrestlers and the fans and the wrestlers, you know, selling merchandise at the table, you know, it's a lot of DIY for your own product. But in the WWE, you have this machine that kind of does a lot of the work for you and you just essentially show up, do your work, and that's it. I I don't think that these locker rooms these uh, behind-the-scenes moments in for WWE superstars are as open. I think we're stuck in the past, and I think that comes through the television, and I think Vince McMahon, albeit he's a brilliant individual, he was more brilliant in his past than he is now, and he's losing touch. I don't think he's lost touch entirely, but I think he's losing his touch. He's losing... He might be losing respect from a new generation that's coming in and, and seeing that maybe WWE's not the greener grass on the other side of the fence. And that that's that's tough. I mean, you can't sustain a company, even though you have a record TV deal, um, with people who don't want to be there. That that's that's not a good foundation. And I think that's different in New Japan. I think that's different in, in, in independent events, in your local events. People want to sell their merchandise. They um, coexist with those around them, the fans. Um, I think it's just we're, we're talking about essentially old-fashioned ideas that are closed off in a locker room versus a newfound open uh, you know, environment amongst the independent wrestling and New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think New Japan has a good merging of those who may have been more of a closed-minded, you know, this is how it is and how it's always going to be. And I think it has a good merge of understanding that that's, one, it's a very westernized um, wrestling scene right now, and, and to grow, you have to become global. And I think that's a, a, a point that was made in the Chris Jericho interview, which is up on NewJapanWorld.com, is um, New Japan's a global organization now. Whether you, you, you're sitting at home thinking that the golden age was early 2000s and you want to call it Enochism, whatever. Um, you're now stuck in the past because it's Gatoism. And that's what it is. It's westernized. Um, you you are still... I mean, look at the crowds they're drawing for the Budokan. Uh, Tokyo Dome. 
the events that they're having outside of the United States, TV deals in France, the UK. Um, this is a global move for New Japan. And you have to be open-minded. You cannot give a one-sided, old-school style of a wrestling promotion to people of this generation, a younger generation. It's just not going to work the same. And I think that's why the Vince product will ultimately be like a slow, slow death. I don't think it's going to be that exciting. I mean, I think some of it also goes to the psychology of the fans who think that they get what they want and they need it now, which is very Freudian. Um, but I don't think it's deserved. I don't think that some of the diehard WWE fans can really... I don't think they can handle getting what they want. Breaking the fourth wall here. Getting my Naito ringtone. Gotta pause this real quick. Alright, false alarm. I was hoping that was going to be a new job opportunity. Um, but it was a scam. But you got to hear the Naito. So, uh, anyways, I think an old school, old style of wrestling promotion that Vince had in the you know early '80s and '90s. It's not the same. It's not a mindset that will be in touch with this generation. All In had eleven thousand people there, and not just there for one night. Their star cast was the days leading up, the day after. I mean, this was an event. This was a happening. And I think that goes to show that this generation, a younger generation, who's more open-minded and can understand that things need to evolve and adapt and change for it to be successful. I think New Japan has their finger on the pulse by expanding now. They've got somebody in charge who can speak Japanese and English. He understands the roots of New Japan. And I think you have somebody in the WWE who, Vince, um, doesn't understand things fully. It's not fully coherent with the current generation. You have a women's division, which we could talk about three hours on. Um but is it really a women's division right now? Or is it just a rebranded divas division? Um, you know, when, when that whole evolution, whatever you want to call it, start started, it was a more competitive-based, respectful brand that they stamped Stephanie's face on. Like it was her idea. That it's not. It was NXT product. It was the NXT women bringing over the best wrestlers, Sarah Del Rey coming over and training those women in NXT and making NXT a watchable, viable, exciting product with women and men and tag teams. It was fantastic, and it still is very good. But here you just have random pairings that nobody cares about, but they watch because that hope is always going to be there. You always have this hope that 
I really am gonna uh, Becky's gonna get the title Becky 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 or Charlotte's the best 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 you know you always have this hope but there's no story there's no background it's it just whatever I don't care how controversial this is I, I feel that the women's division is just a rebranded diva division and it's not fair to the women that are there busting their rear ends and doing everything they can um somebody like Nia Jax do you have to put out her build weight when she comes out to the ring I mean I saw that online and and I think that's in one way that's that's cool because you know who cares but then you just ostracize her and then you have you know it's just too toxic too toxic the atmosphere the people around some fans will say anything behind you know the the twitter and it just feels like there's still the diva division you know and, and it's is really really shameful but luckily in this day and age we have stardom world uh shimmer eve uh we have a Netflix show about glow from the 70s. I mean, there's so much women's product out there. And it's a shame that WWE right now is the forefront and the standard when they're not doing they're not doing as good. Well, can't wait for the hate tweets on this, but the psychology of an old man running a a wrestling promotion in this day and age is not working. I don't care if they're going to be on Fox Sports, Fox One, whatever. It, if nobody's going to watch and be truly entertained and you throw Daniel Bryan under the bus and you and you bring him back to some glorious um, return and then you just dump him, you know, you, you basically signed him again just so you can get him on the, on the video game deals and you can get a few specials out, some DVD merch and some shirts. I mean, is that really what he wants? Just a bigger paycheck? I don't think so. I, the feeling that he had at WrestleMania 30, I'm sure, was something he wants to feel again. And I don't think he's going to get it from WWE product. Um, I don't really know where to go here. But, but the psychology of the locker room mentality ultimately is going to be a downfall for a lot of wrestlers. You see Neville, who... From the outside, seems that he patiently waited, stuck out his contract, and he, and he said, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave whenever I can, and that's it. And I think that could be a very telling sign in conjunction with events like All In, the NWA name being relevant again. Um, like my buddy Dennis said on Outside uh, Connecticut Pod, we are entering a new version of uh, the territory days and Vince is not the um, the guy who's buying everybody right now uh, the thing that's buying everybody is the mentality it's a frame of mind of a peaceful existence and still getting paid plenty to do it um, the the back in the day it was a, a contract you get a money you get a yearly contract and a, you know three-year contract you get paid you can pay your family now what what what's being sold is the mentality that you can travel 
when you want to and when you need to. You can still get paid enough to pay your family. And you get a little bit of freedom with your role. And I think everybody wants a little bit of freedom. So I think the dueling psychologies of old and new um, are happening right in front of our eyes. And 2019 could be something like a 1995 all over again. Um, who will rise up? Will it be New Japan? Will it be Ring of Honor? Will it be Impact? Will everybody be able to rise up and um, have a, a dueling brand? I think it's possible because the MSG show is the first, the first battle. Where does the money go? Where do the fans go? Who watches? Who tunes out and watches the other one? Um, 2019 is going to be a revolutionary year in wrestling. And we need it. So let me know what you think at Wilford Watches on Twitter, at NJPWUS on Twitter. And uh, let me know what you think. Is old school psychology in a locker room good? Negative? Let me know what your thoughts are. Love to hear them. And hopefully we can have some more discussions on this um, psychology of wrestling as the uh, term goes through. But we are over the 30-minute time limit. So I'll let you guys go. Go listen to all the other cool podcasts in the in the world right now. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. Raise your hand if you like saving a few bucks. If you do love saving money, join me, Susan Hogan, on News 4 at 5. Our NBC4 Response Unit is protecting you from scams, rip-offs, and dangerous products. We've already recovered more than a million dollars. Jim Hanley here. Susan's got your wallet covered. Wendy Rieger and I will get you up to speed. Staying on top of constantly changing headlines and what they mean for you. And scorekeeper is always keeping you ahead of weather changes. Join me, Doug Kammerer, and the rest of us on News 4 at 5, working for you. Raise your hand if you like saving a few bucks. If you do love saving money, join me, Susan Hogan, on News 4 at 5. Our NBC4 Response Unit is protecting you from scams, rip-offs, and dangerous products. We've already recovered more than a million dollars. Jim Hanley here. Susan's got your wallet covered. Wendy Rieger and I will get you up to speed. Staying on top of constantly changing headlines and what they mean for you. And scorekeeper is always keeping you ahead of weather changes. Join me, Doug Kammerer, and the rest of us on News 4 at 5, working for you.